Another year's gone by I'm so glad you're with me The way you lift me up With the love you give me It's good to know that you Welcome to the Orange is the New Black podcast Season 2, Episode 9, 40 Ounce Furlough I'm Rob Southgate. I'm Martha Southgate. I'm Megan Haas. Okay, but isn't it called 40 ounces of furlough? Not according to my notes. What I is it, Megan? I think your notes are wrong. It, it's 40 ounce of furlough. Well, oh, I win. Weak. Rob. According to Netflix, and I'm going to trust them. Uh, you know what? I'm going to win other things, so I'm going to choose my battles wisely. <laughs> So, Meg, um, do you have a description for us on this? Yeah, it says, Piper's relationship with Larry faces a real-world test. Red's effort to redeem herself is finally rewarded, and a familiar figure returns to Litchfield. Ooh, we know who that is. Um, yeah, we do, because we, we got a little shot of him at the end of the last episode. <laughs> so let me just say right up, Hornstash is back. Back and better than ever. Yeah. So I, I, let's start with Hornstash. Let's talk about him a little bit. Uh, I, I actually put exclamation points all over my notes. I'm like, Hornstash is back, giving shots. First thing he says, did you guys catch what he said when he walked in? Mendez is back, bitches. Yeah, I didn't know if those were my notes or if that's that's what he said. (laughs) That's what he said. It's like, oh, this guy is just dreamy, isn't he? awesome. And did you guys notice his hair seems to have gotten even more special? Like he got kind of a, I think he got a blow dryer while he was on furlough. (laughs) Was he on furlough? What was he on? Hiatus? He was was suspended. He was suspended, but... um, some people acted like he was fired, but no, he was suspended. Right, right. I just didn't know what to call it. We'll call it suspension. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and Bennett was not real happy about his return. Well, of course. Understandable. Not. Yeah. So, now, okay, so Bennett, or I'm sorry, Mendez is back. We get him for this episode. As the episode progresses, it, it's going to break down, and, you know... <laughs> I like this character. I'm I, even though he's awful. I don't want him to leave. He's awful, but yeah. I don't want him to leave. Yeah, because he amuses me. Right. He okay. He has a good balance oh. with them. Yes, I like. You gotta yeah. have that. Yeah. Well, and d- he also like this episode. They they really did a good job of demonizing him too. Because as excited as we were to have him back, it was awful. Like he makes the racist comment to Soso, and you're like, okay. I mean, here's this girl. <laughs> That is not really prison material. And right out of the box, in comes this, you know, like a major prison bully guard. Starts giving her racist comments. He's giving shots out. It's like, oh my gosh, where does this guy think he is? Well, and and that, when he met Soso, that was a fantastic, that was a fantastic scene, I thought. And and she's, this is at the start of her hunger strike. Right. This is the one where his, her hunger strike Yeah, she's begins, refusing right? to eat, and she's organizing a hunger strike and causing chaos in the in the cafeteria. And he removes her. Mendez, you know, physically removes her from the room. But um, the scene after that, when Doggett and Soso are discussing him. Yeah. What did you, what did you say she called him? Yeah, what she says is she calls him a D-list Burt Reynolds, but more rapey. I thought that was the greatest because she's like, she's complaining about him. And that's what she says. And Luann goes, oh, porn stash. Oh, that's what that scene was. Oh, my gosh. This episode had so many funny lines. I don't know if you guys wrote them down, but. Well, but in the in the same thing, we've got so-so tells Doggett and, and those guys, Leanne and whatever, about the hunger strike. Doggett says, you know, it's stupid and dumb and stupid because, you know, stupid the first time wasn't enough. Right, right. And then calls Leanne and Soso Lilo and Stitch, <laughs> I died. Yeah. I like so, this. I like the, the speaking of the funny lines, Um, the writer of this episode is, I don't know, she became famous or anything from coming out during the thing. That's a whole other story. But it's Laura Morelli, and I'm looking, and she wrote episodes that were finding funny. So, oh, really? I think we, I think we found a favorite writer. <laughs> there you go. And I noticed that a lot in shows. There'll be certain, like in X Files. It was for me. 
It was Vince Gilligan. Yeah, and yeah. For most and, people. Yeah, but, I mean, think well, about it. Vince yeah. Gilligan goes on to create Breaking Bad, but I remember when we were watching X-Files originally, like, anytime it said Vince Gilligan, Martha's like, oh my gosh! We knew. This is an episode. Well, yeah. this, she wrote, um, I am not doing this from my head, I am on a website. She awesome. wrote um, The Whack Pack of season one, and she oh. wrote um, Tall Men with Feelings, she wrote the third episode of this one, Hugs Can Be Deceiving. So she's wrote oh, she's yeah. written These are some good episodes. really good episodes. And this one was a funny one, even though yeah. the next one's my favorite. But this one's a funny one. Yeah, I thought this one was you know, really good. You know, we've talked about it all season. Like, where is the point where it picks up? This and is it. Like, yeah. this is it. When, when we hit this episode, as I was reading through my notes and kind of thinking about it, I'm like, wow, this really is the show that we were expecting. Mm-hmm. And going forward, I don't think there's an episode coming up that's a little depressing. Uh but they are all so good and they really do they really have caught fire here in my opinion. Yeah. And I think it's writing like this. This is just such great writing that I just love it. It's like you combine great writing with great actors and when they both combine it feels so natural that the Emmy Award nominations that they just got make completely sense. Complete sense. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And, and I the only the only critique, and I say it in my review, is that it took nine episodes. Yeah, to yeah. really catch the We had right. some glimpses. We had we had yeah. a little bit. We had some moments where we went, oh my gosh, this was it. This is what we've been waiting for. But not a full, really tight, complete episode where it was like, this is really it. Right, right. This this one is where the whole package is there. I, I did like the first episode. I think yeah. that they started out very strong, even though I know that there were mixed reactions to that. Mm-hmm. I think this one, if you take if you took everything, all the fat out of the middle there and got to this episode, you'd think, wow, this yeah. show has really got its feet. Well, I want to say something about Mendez in this at this in this particular Maybe episode. Maybe it's Mendez. Maybe he's the X Factor. He is. As soon as Pornstash is back, we're I like, yeah. Him. But but he had what they did was they really like this is gonna sound gross because it's porn stash, but they really fleshed him out. Oh. Uh, <laughs> but they there's our explicit rating. There you go. <laughs> but they um in this episode, like here you've got Bennett who's going completely out of his mind. Yeah, he's trashing people's. Room, well, yeah, when you know, they find the cigarette butt, yeah, and he just got, goes nuts. He's going nuts. And Mendez is the one who talks him down. Right. Like I love when Mendez is the one talking you down. <laughs> you know, you're gone. in trouble. But it, but it's not. It, they were really. I think that they've done a really good job of not making him a caricature. Like he, he really, right? He, he really, really is a complete was character. a complete person. And well, if, if you think back to the first season, in the very beginning, he was very much of a sketch. And th- I think knowing what TV is and knowing how shows usually work. I was kind of expecting him to stay that way. And I thought, oh, there'll be a pivotal point when he gets humanized at mm-hmm. some point. We learned very quickly in the first season that this is not like most shows. Right. And that everybody is fleshed out and eventually we're going to get there. And for this guy, I mean, you know, if you think back, it was pretty quickly he went from being, you know, jerk prison guard with the mustache to we got the glimpses. Then we started to get story. Here, we haven't seen him, but as soon as he's there, it fits like a glove. We're right back with it. But you know what? I disagree on some of that because Mendez's character is the one that I felt really went off the rails when he was after he oh, and when Daya he fell got in love together. With Daya. Yeah, that was stupid. To me, I mean, never. Not stupid, but that, it wouldn't happen. No. I just don't see it. I, it felt completely out of character. But you know what? In this episode, this brought it back. This when, when he sees her, he's like, "I love you, it. baby." I, it's like. Okay, uh, you know he, yeah. he's nuts. He's got something right. wrong. But I, but I felt like that. He's Burt Reynolds with a porn stage. Oh my gosh! But but here I really felt like they they really fleshed him out and made him a, a really believable character. I would say that if anyone, if any one of the guards has has suffered, it's Bennett this mm-hmm. season. Yes. I mean, do you guys agree with yeah. that? Yeah, so, suffered by. Um... By like writing, yes. Well, yeah. I mean, if I we're talking agree. about we're talking about Mendez here and how he's finally back, and the writing's been so crisp and so great. Each of the characters, even though I haven't liked the direction that they've gone in some cases, and you know what? That's just because you love the character and you hate to see like 
I hate to see crazy eyes turn bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Bennett, I think, has been underwritten. There's not much going on there. And when there is, it's him just exploding. Mm-hmm. It's not that he's he hasn't, almost. It's not like he's yeah. been underwritten. It's more like he just hasn't been written correctly. And it's yeah. like, yeah, yeah. Not, it's not like there's one right way to write a character. You can write them any way. But he, it just doesn't feel. Bennett and Mendez have both in. Mendez more in um, season one and Bennett in season two, they just are taking some direction where you're kind of like, no, they are so off track. Like you can see mm-hmm. glimpses of yeah. their character. But, well, and and yeah. think about Bennett in the first season. I mean, obviously he can act. I mean, he was great in the first yeah, season. Yeah, he really I was. I really enjoyed this character. This season, I'm like, what's going on I just kind of want to punch him most of the time. Yeah. Well, they, they needed to take, slap him. They needed to keep the the factor of, oh my God, you've got someone pregnant that like that stress needed to be there, but they mm-hmm. took it in a way that it just doesn't feel like this is how he would react. He's be- trying to yeah. become right. this tough guy with the prisoners. And yeah, it doesn't make sense. He need. I feel like as bad as this would sound, I feel like this is a character that would crumple under that stress. He would mm-hmm. just become so stressed out that he would just not be able to survive it. They, right. Well, I and think, he didn't come yeah. in as like a prison guard. No. You know what yeah. I mean? That That's why, because I think Pornstash's life led to this point. Mm-hmm. Like, ah, I've reached the pinnacle. I'm a prison guard. I have arrived at a women's prison. Whereas this is Bennett, like my dream come true. Bennett is a civil servant. This is just part of what he does. Mm-hmm. I mean. You guys both go in silent on me like I'm nuts. <laughs> well, I was. <laughs> no, I, with I'm Mendez. <laughs> there's like, looking back with Mendez, I honestly wish they would have never done the whole Daya thing. I agree. It's just it's just one of those things I want to roll my eyes with, like, okay, we'll get over this. I'm kind of it's one of those storylines where you see the end and you're like, Can we just get there, please? It's so yeah, close, it's let's get over it. Yeah, and yeah. then with Bennett, it's this whole anger stress where he's yeah. just turning just not it's not even likable anger because we like we like mean characters on this show, but right. Mendez, it's more of just I mean Bennett, sorry, Bennett, it's more yeah. just like I don't. I don't care about you anymore. And exactly, it, it's sad because I did care about you. Mm-hmm. Well, I I, I'm hoping that we come back to liking Bennett because it. It's not even that I don't like him. I just don't care. That's it. And that's, I don't, yeah, that's I don't a weird thing. It, yeah. I, because I did care. Well, and then and then Bennett at the end, he tells Caputo that Daya's pregnant, and he tells him it must have been Mendez. Right. So then I just I I. Even I respect then, that doesn't even really make sense because it's like you've just de- you've denied your child. Yeah, you know. I like mean, I he, understand why he doesn't want to go to prison like his wife. His right, right. And I understand that, but I don't think he would have framed Mendez. I don't think he would have been a party to that, even at this point where he feels this much pressure. Maybe they didn't build the pressure right for him. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why we're reacting this way. Or maybe there's just something, there's a missing element there. But I don't buy that this guy would do it. I buy that this guy would quit his job first. I buy that he would allow Daya to do it. Yes. I didn't buy that he would do it. But I absolutely. Well, I I would buy that he would quit and then he would let Daya do it. Yeah. And he's out of the scene and they wouldn't even be thinking about it at that point. Unless they did a DNA test. Right. Which is, okay, that's the other thing. Like, they're not going to? I mean, that just seems. Not if she said he raped her. They did catch him. No, you know, I, so- I completely am on Martha's side right now because if if you're going to fire somebody or suspend somebody and accuse them of rape, mm-hmm. you're going to DNA some DNA test somebody. Well, they probably yeah, and- have, they probably have not done it yet because she's not pregnant enough yet. But well, I and- mean- or they'll do it after the baby's born. Yeah, but they're not going to put a guy in jail. No, right, especially at this point. See, that's why I'm saying if Bennett had left and was kind of out of the picture and then this came to light later about Mendez and then it was proven it wasn't him. I don't know if there would have been as much of a witch hunt for Bennett because he's out of the system, mm-hmm. especially with these people. I don't think Figaro, I, I think she would do whatever she could to sweep it under the table. Well, Whereas he still, now he would still be in the system. His stuff, like his DNA would yeah, still but, be there and he'd come up, but it's more like, Oh, true, true. This entire because once you're in the system, like, you're in there forever. But, like, this entire story is just another, po- like, another example of how they dug themselves a hole. Like, yes. oh, wouldn't it be interesting if, and then they didn't find themselves a way out of it? Exactly. It, they have, like, three or four stories that are continuing that they have 
gotten themselves into, and then it feels like in the writer's room, I mean, I can't speak from anybody's experience, but it feels like they just kind of went, crap, like, how do we get out of this? How do we keep the guy who plays Bennett on the season and on the show without completely, they just got themselves into this, like, mess. And there's no way to get out of this and have it logically make sense. It's not going to, it is, in the real world, there is a there is a protocol and 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 what they've written here is not going to there's not a way to write around that protocol. Right. Well, I, I was just thinking about this as you guys were talking about the showrunner and the writer's room and everything. And I started like thinking about this is an ensemble show, uh, very much like something that like a Joss Whedon would do. And, you know, he's known for a the... A Joss Whedon or well, the... <laughs> we'll say Joss... Uh, I'm using a Joss Whedon because okay. there are other showrunners that, that do this. But Joss Whedon is known for ensemble writing where, you know, Firefly, every character is fleshed out. They have all these different storylines going, but they 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 make sense. Um, not everything he's done, but, you know, he did it with Buffy. He did it with Firefly. And in this case, I wonder if they they don't have the vision of all the storylines fleshed out. Whereas in another episode, I think I was talking about how, I wonder how much the characters know about what's going to happen two years down. And what do they know about their storyline? I have an answer They may to that. know. Okay, okay. But wait, but wait. <laughs> okay. They may okay. know the past. They may, I'm speculating. They may know the past of their character, but I wonder how much they map out, the, the writers have mapped out for the future the showrunner, if they have a Bible for the show, or if they are writing themselves into a hole and then going, oh, well, here, here's a way we can solve it. Because I know, I, I heard the show, the guy who created uh, Flash Forward, remember that show? It was like one yes. season. Yeah. I heard the creator of that show talking, and he said that they wrote it as a 10-episode series, right? But before they pitched it, they wrote a five-year Bible for the show. That told you exactly where all the storylines go, what the characters do, so that even if they make adaptations to things or uh, amendments to things, even if characters become popular and they change things, there is a clear vision to how that goes for five years. And I wonder if they didn't do that here. Especially, they got the deal with Netflix, they did one season, they hoped they'd get two, they knocked it out of the park and then went, ooh. Well, even we have Piper's story, but what do we have after that? Even in season one, there were stories that I was kind of like, all right, this is a little strange, but we're just going to let this happen. But I'm wondering if they were, because nobody's really going to know, but I wonder if they kind of said like, this is a really good story to have in a prison. This is so interesting, but we kind of need something else. So eh, throw that one in there. That'll work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That could be, that could be too. What I now- was... What I was saying was I um I got the chance to interview a few people from the show and they don't get their scripts until I think a week before shooting. Oh. Whoa. So really? they don't they will not know anything in in regards to the majority of the story until they get their script, which is like a week before they start. So So they won't even know, like they don't have a sit down with the, the showrunner before the season to say I'm what one- character's backstory is X. I'm one, I'm I'm wondering if they do have a meeting because I didn't get the chance to ask that question because most shows have a meeting with their stars and right. they kind of sit down and talk about what's going to happen but they don't know details until they sit down and yeah, I know do the I, actual yeah and episode. I know successful shows have done that like I don't know okay the beginning of Lost was successful but yeah. Lost did the yeah. same thing they didn't know what happened and anything until they got their scripts they even had a locked mailbox besides the real mailbox specifically for scripts so i know some shows do that route some shows do other ones but as far as this one goes they don't get that but it just it feels i think the only complaint about this season so far is that the writing's unbalanced and i'm wondering if it's noticeable to people who don't really pay attention to it but don't i don't really obsess like yeah, we do. right yeah. right people that are just watching the show no i think they're probably loving it but well, you're I do know obsessive compulsive about this. I have talked to some people that are like just friends who are, have seen it, and a lot of them have said, "I liked it. I enjoyed it. I went through it in a weekend." But I like season one better, so yes. I yeah. think that's the majority. Um, Although, once again, I'm going to say, if you started here, if you went episode one and then this one, man, this the writing is crisp. I'm really digging this. And if you did that, so, you didn't miss much. 
Right, right, right. and that's right. that's well. Sad. And you know, what? it's no. You know what's yeah. funny? If you did do that, and then you went back and watched some of those other things, I don't think you'd feel that little tinge of negativity about those other things as much because you're just kind of fleshing it in. Like mm-hmm. you know, this you're getting the story, and now it's a little bit more fun to go back and flesh it in. I can't think of other shows that I've watched that I've done that with, but there have been shows that I've watched where maybe I saw the pilot and then I didn't pick it up until the third season again. And then when I went back and watched the first couple seasons, it they didn't matter because I knew what was going on, but I just kind of enjoyed living in that world. Yeah. And maybe that's what would happen here if you went back to, to episode two through eight. It would flesh it out. You'd have a little fun with it, but it wouldn't have the weight. Because right now, each one of these has a lot of weight because we're trying to get through this story. Well, okay, let's go on and talk about some of the stuff that we loved. We've actually stayed on topic very well. Let's talk well about time. Chapman. Let's talk about Batman at all. Let's talk about Chapman. So she gets to leave for her furlough. Oh, yeah. And Red gives her the address of her market, of her family's market. And, okay, what is the one guard? I'm I'm blanking on her name. O'Neill's girlfriend. Wanda. 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 So Wanda, yeah. Wanda gives her a strip search, and I died laughing. That was very funny. And she says, cough. And and Piper says, what could I possibly be t- trying to take out of prison? <laughs> right. That was excellent. Um, yeah. And, and that was, wasn't that the scene also where O'Neill comes yes. in? And he, or she's leaving. She's outside. Yeah, he's doing the rules, and he says he, he learned it to the melody of Poker Face. By Lady Gaga. That's hilarious. Oh my gosh. And and the speech he had to give her. Yeah. But you kind of want to hear him sing the rules to Poker Face? Yes. But he says, go ahead, little bird, fly free. I mean, these characters just kill me. I I just. Now, here's two characters that we saw them last season, but did you know anything about them? No. I think they've done a marvelous job of of fleshing these two out. And even though it seems kind of rote, like. Okay, these two now they're together and they're building their life. I love these. Yeah, I two. want a spinoff. Yes. <laughs> a Wanda and O'Neill. Wanda and O'Neill. Yeah. The girl who the the woman who plays Wanda is uh, on the leftovers as like this side character. HBO's oh, new really? series. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have a question about that before we continue, even though this is the Orange is the New Black podcast. <laughs> what do you think of that show? Um, I have a three episode rule where I watch three episodes and then make an opinion. However, okay. two episodes in, um, I'm liking it. It's not, it's not something that I'm itching to see the next episode of, but it's definitely something where on Monday I'll be like, Oh, what did I miss last night? Oh yeah. The leftovers. I'm excited to watch it. Yeah. Oh, good. I, okay. We haven't watched it yet and I, it wasn't really on my radar, but I keep seeing things that look interesting. It's that's, so th- that's a great way to describe it. It's interesting. It's not it's not orange, new, black, addictive. It's not something okay. I'm, oh my God, when's the next episode? But it's definitely something where I watch it and I'm thinking, all right, this is definitely like, why are they doing that? What is this? It's good. I can see it. I can see it doing something. It doesn't have a lot of like twists and turns yet. However, it's just the second episode. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that's the kind of show that can either die now yeah. or could really like in season two, be one of those shows that you're like, oh, this is a must watch. Like it's deep. That's you know? what I think it's going to become. If it doesn't completely die, it'll become a really good show. It's it's pretty solid. And Liv Tyler's in it, and I had no idea she was in that. That's a side note. All bend. right. Well, and that that concludes our leftovers podcast. Well, what I was going to say was, speaking of solid, we see Piper's brother Cal. Cal. <laughs> Excellent transition. You like my segue there? I do. Um. So he comes to get her at at the prison. And and his car, this when the, oh, this the made car me laugh. is awesome. His car runs on vegetable oil, and she says it smells like tempura. <laughs> well, the, the first thing he says to her when she gets out, he goes, "Come inside the green machine." <laughs> well, oh, it's so great. I think my brother had one of those when we were kids. What a green machine! The green machine, big wheel. Yes, but that's he's meaning because it's running on vegetable oil. I know, but I I like to think it was a play on words, and it was also. Reminiscent of his childhood when he had the green machine. Big or wheel. reminiscent of your childhood. They were really speaking. To I, you, think, I think. I think Cal and I. He was talking to me. Yeah. So this. Let, let's talk Cal. This is a big Cal episode. Cal had some. some well, we didn't even finish talking on. about Piper. Piper no, goes to her grandma's funeral. Yeah, we're going there. And now we can talk about about Cal. It's uncomfortable for Piper there, but Cal makes it so much more uncomfortable when. During the, what do you call that? Is that the eulogy? Well, what? Whoa, 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 whoa. What? You want to go that far? You don't want to talk about the when she gets to the 
to the to Larry's house. Oh, let's talk about Larry's house. You know what? I I, skipping over Larry. No. No, the only part that I like when she gets to Larry's house is when they go to hug and he yells, no touching, just trying to make you feel. Oh, my God. That was the funniest. He's going to help her ease her transition. And I was just like, if I was in that situation, I'd probably say that to like my best friend. Oh my gosh! Um, Hysterical. It's it's like a POW. POW finally gets to eat. You've got to like really be careful about it. Oh, (laughs) so funny. And And, then okay, let's talk about Larry. Larry is a jerk. He's got all her stuff bagged up, and well, most of it's at Polly's. But but he she told her to she told him to do that. Yeah, she did. Oh yeah, I know, but I don't like him. He doesn't. Rob's just angry. But well, see, like I didn't like him, and then. He got his own life and his own story. And I was like, all right, I like you now. I don't care about. Like, I like him to leave. I'd like, I would him like him. Yeah. Oh, I'd like got his one not... foot out the door. So I'm yeah. liking him a lot better. It, that's what <laughs> right. I think too. But I, I, it was interesting to watch her because I know after I've been camping even for a period of time where, where I haven't had a proper bathroom or whatever, and you come home and it's like, oh, my gosh, you know, I can't imagine being in prison for as long as she has and not feeling anything comfortable or like she goes around and touches the yeah, upholstery. Yeah, she's on the upholstery and she's feeling You know, it like, I oh. mean, you just well, start to think, you know, about all the things that she's been missing out on. Right. Well, speaking of prison, coming home from college is the same way. So I'm just thinking that she just completely like she walks in. The first thing I do is come home and just crash on my bed i'm thinking mm-hmm. she just completely did the same thing yeah, yeah. except yeah. she no longer had one she doesn't have a bed larry's packed everything she'll find up. a bed somewhere <laughs> yes. yes true but she doesn't have her space she right. has no space of her it's own all, like she yeah. comes in and it's not hers it's all emphasizing pa- it's emphasizing that she's becoming a different person exactly yes. it's sort of her 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 transformation but um but you know, so then they they show him at the wake, and and she's got oh my gosh, she has to explain her situation to everyone in the receiving line. It's hard enough to go to a receiving line, go through a receiving line. Yeah, at, at a funeral, at your a, grandma's died. She but was when close to you, grandma, but now when you they know that you're on furlough and you're standing there with, <laughs> with I mean, she might as well have had the shackles on. Yeah, I mean, it was right. it wasn't like. She could blend. Well, and the fact that she had to explain it to everybody. I mean, we've been in that situation. I know I have. Like, You've been in prison? No, no, no. But I've, <laughs> I've been in a situation where, like, I'm out of work and, like, you go to something and it seems like every single person knows and everybody is either asking you about it or you can tell they're talking about it. Mm-hmm. I've been in that situation. Or they're situation. trying to not talk about it. And yeah, and you're just like, oh, God. I- you know what? We're here for this. I don't yeah. want to talk about being out of work. In her case, I don't want to talk about being in prison. Right. Let uh, me just pretend like yeah, everything's normal. I, for I'm an still hour. Piper. Mm-hmm. I don't say that. I mean, I I guess I do. I'm still Piper. Uh, but that would be weird. But uh, yeah, I I really felt for her in this scene. It was awful. And of course, Cal makes it so much easier on everybody. You know, you do have your toenails painted. Our daughter painted Rob's toenails yesterday on only one foot. Yeah. And it's really disturbing because it's very hairy. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, so you could be Piper. It's kind of like a hobbit foot with nail polish. It's very <laughs> yes, weird. It's really gross. When you start smuggling drugs, I think it's time to call it a day. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I am a mule. <laughs> so Piper and Larry are at her parents' house. And she's trying to get him to go upstairs with her. Yes, she's hitting on Larry. Right, right. Well, and, and then, her, and I, oh, go ahead. Before, before we even get to that part. When she yeah. starts drinking wine and somebody's like, aren't you not supposed to be doing that? And like a few people yeah. say it to her, I want it to be and like her this. dad. I'm like, this girl's been in prison for how long? Yeah, not even that break. long. Like the first thing she wants to do is drink a bottle of wine. Go for it. Right. Right. And yeah. Okay. Technically, she's not supposed to. You're oh, at she's, a funeral. Yeah. You're on furlough. And You're in a safe tell? environment. Let her be. Are you going to tell? Because otherwise, what's the issue? Right. If you're going to tell, wine, you can leave. It's exactly. not like she's like downing a bottle of Jack or something. You well, know? no, she does her forty later, but that's not Jack. Either. I know, but still, she's. She, I mean, she's not out. She's just at her parents' house. Like, right. You would think they would just right. cut her some slack there, but so, uh, okay. So then she starts hitting on Larry, and 
And when she walks in on him when he's in the bathroom. Yeah, and this scene, this is the big scene. This is... I loved this scene because they finally put some closure on it. They said what needed to be said, which is, you know what? I've slept with somebody else. It's someone that you know. This is never going to work anyway. We both need to just admit that. She says it's someone I know, and he says it's so much worse. Yeah. So, I mean, oh, man. But you know what? You're right. This was our closure scene. But but this is our big scene. Yeah. And this scene actually, up to this point, when we were going through the whole funeral and we were going in this, I was afraid Larry was never going to tell her. Yes. And I thought, I mean, I like I said, I don't really care for Larry. Now, it's funny. Other people, I heard them complain about him in the first season, hating on Larry. I didn't care about Larry. Larry mm-hmm. didn't bother me. I was like, okay, Larry's whatever. This season, it's just been mounting. I'm just I so agree. sick of Larry. This scene here, I finally went, okay, finally, you said something, you did something. Yes. Now and they break up. I loved Good. how they did it because it was really just calm and, and just, I love you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was an I just adult don't way of breaking be with up. You, you know, and, and she tells him he doesn't have to go to the grandma's funeral. It's like we could end this charade right now. Well, they didn't have time to do a Seinfeld breakup. Remember when he broke up with the girl and was like there all night? They ordered Chinese and they talked it out and it was like eight hours. And... Well, there you go. So yeah. thankfully they didn't do that. <laughs> right. But, but you know, it was I, I really was happy with the closure of it. And I was really happy on how they did it. It wasn't ugly. It wasn't crying and messy and whatever. It's like, you know what? In the scheme of things, we we both get it and let's just agree to walk away right well this scene started and i it just was awkward i was like piper girlfriend you're you're at your parents house at a funeral on the first on the first floor i know but i'm like out of you've got you've got two days but you're you're they're right outside you're right in the hallway door and they're in the bath like you're right there and then it turned into like a closing closing scene but i was like you've only had a bottle of wine don't go this far please this is yeah, so awkward. I, I, and I was, I was like, and it's it was Larry. The pressure. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking it was the pressure of the situation, though. For me, I was thinking it, it's the way that she handles everything is through sex. Or True. I think it's just, I think, I think she was forcing it because she knew that if this didn't work out, if that wasn't like a good thing for them, that it was just over. Yeah. So, but I, I think that she uses it. Yeah, she uses sex, and, that's for sure. And so I was like, it, to me, that felt very Piper. Because I was just like, yeah. of course she's going to go, oh, I could salvage that. All I have to do is throw myself at him. And he's and going, it, no, it, I've never been that guy. And it's the thing that kept her and Alex together for so long. It's the thing that kept that's us together a, in prison. Exactly. And exactly. now that everything's gone, it was just... That's her go-to. Yeah. Well, you know, now that you guys said that, I'm, I'm also wondering if... If part of and this might be subtext, but maybe she was forcing it to get it over with. Yes, it could be. Like yeah. she knew we're gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna just throw these cards on the table so I can get on with my furlough if this isn't happening. Yes, because yeah. it's just awkward to be in a situation like that where your relationship is just sort of in limbo and it just feels uncomfortable and you feel like does this person even want to be in the room with me and right. so by throwing it all out there she got her answer really fast so let, let's wrap up piper's story even okay. though this was all piper's story really uh she leaves she goes to red's market and this is interesting too because she's in the middle of family who we can see this is she doesn't have the connection there that she had but she cares enough to go to red's market to get red's answer for her i thought that was really telling like her new family are these people at the prison. Well, and before that, what was interesting was a couple at the reception, at the rec- at her brother's wedding reception. Yeah, at the reception. Um, tells you know they're talking to Piper, and the and they say we're sure you're anxious to get back to your life of achieving and everything. You know, because yeah, yeah. sure she was, you know, she was on such a trajectory well, and starting a business. And, and Piper and... says, "No, yeah. I'm not." And I, I thought that before she went to Reds, she's like, no, no, I'm fully embracing my, my who I am right now, which is uh, I'm a prisoner and right. I'm and I'm really no, I'm really not. I'm not really looking at anything. I have yeah, no yeah. plans for the future. I have nothing going on. And I'm going to openly admit that because what do I care what you think? Right. Interesting. Well, and then she goes to Reds Market 
And I, I have big sad faces here. That's why it I want to get this sad. over with. Red's market's closed. So her sons were telling the truth. It wasn't doing well. Um, that sucked. I understand Piper's reaction. Because who, who wants to go back and have to kill her? Right. Her, her, she's concerned about her family and everything else. And it's like, she, she, she's got to now be the one to go and say, I'm sorry, it's all gone. <laughs> well, no, you're fine. So after she goes to the market, she she um goes and buys her forty. <laughs> she buys a forty and a burger. And now she should have poured a little out for her homie Red, but she didn't do that. And she if eats you were it on a if you were out and out for a week, would you pour a little out? <laughs> Absolutely not. Exactly. And I, but see, I don't drink beer. I would have gotten other things, and then I would have eaten like ten burgers. I'd have gotten a sack. I would have eaten, like, one day I would have just eaten everything. No, backwards. I would have drank everything the first day. Right. And then had, like... And sopped it up with food the next day. Yeah. Right. And then just gone just... and, like, recovered in prison. <laughs> I would have right. just ended up in a food coma and then... Oh, yeah. Know. It would have been the, the greatest food tour ever. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I wouldn't have even gone to the family stuff. I would have just... Uh, I would have gone to the to the wake... Yeah, possibly the funeral, but nothing in between. Those are all spe- the rest are speed bumps. I oh, would have yeah. gone out and I would have just gone from one of my favorite restaurants I like funeral to the coffee. next. I would have had a little funeral coffee and then moved on. I would have binge watched all of my shows. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> right. so we got to talk about the funeral because this is Cal's glowing wait, wait, his she, shining. Moment. I was just gonna say she should have gotten out. First question would have been, "How did Breaking Bad end?" Yeah, <laughs> I would have been like Piper, just turn around and go back in prison. <laughs> right. right. So what were you going to say, Mark? We got to talk about Cal's wedding. Yes, so Cal's he, wedding. He completely hijacks the funeral. It was awesome. It was fantastic. What did you like that scene, Megan? I was I I this is going to sound so annoying. I find so much of myself in Piper that I kind of just sat there and was like if I was at this funeral and I was standing up there, I think I would have had a little bit more, I don't know guts to just say i have nothing to do with this and sat right down because she's just standing up there with him and you're she's just kind of like i don't i don't know what to do he's okay but she's lived with him her whole life yeah and she has I a real affection she's for up cal. there thinking going well, go for it cal who the hell gives a rip well and, and think about point, it the right? grandmother said to him go out and eat the world yeah and cal says that we are going to eat the world i think piper actually thought this is perfectly normal, and those of you that don't think so can kiss my butt. I think she was thinking that, but like if I was standing up there and the old Piper probably would have, I, mean, I would have kind of just crept down and sat down and been like, this is your show. This looks insane. Mom and dad are going to hate you. So I'm just going to go sit down here and go back to prison. So, well, you, would, you would have sat down and started watching, binge watching on Netflix. On yeah, I would have been on my phone, been like, had your right. phone watching a show. I'm going to let you get married, but I'm going to sit here and watch Netflix. I just, oh, it was I, I loved, fantastic. If you watch the scene carefully, though, uh, Neri is sitting there, and she's behind the parents. Mm-hmm. And I was I was watching it going, why is she smiling like that? Like, it, it seemed to me like somebody's making her laugh off camera. They weren't telling us. And when he did the announcement, when he announced the wedding, I was like, that was the most perfect scene. And Neri was perfect in that scene and she, and they didn't have to pay for a wedding they didn't have to pay everyone's there the I'm like, food this is was fantastic. already provided <laughs> there were flowers there was i mean it was so cal it was so freaking brilliant and i think piper was just kind of sitting there going hell yeah you know like mm-hmm. he nailed it cal nailed it it what? was it was absolutely cow. And even like when they showed him dancing their first dance, they did a Tom Waits song, Come On Up to oh, the I House. I love Tom Waits. I'm like, of course Cal has Tom Waits as his first yeah. dance. Like it just was all It was perfect. Perfect. I honestly think it's the writer of this episode. Yes. I, I, I do agree. too. I well, like her. You know what? She, She's our people. She keyed in on Cal. I'm yeah. telling you, that was well, excellent. On on a side note, she's the writer. I don't know if you saw the article, but she's the one that um started this whole process she was married to this guy long story short and realized that she was gay while on set so really so she like well like she went on set and like throughout the first and second season realized that she because as a writer you need to like get in the mindset of all your characters 
And right, she right. just realized that she was just kind of like pushing this off and making excuses for herself. And she wrote this long article. I forget what it was, but it was definitely on BuzzFeed. I think it was like in Vogue or something. She wrote this long article about it and said throughout the process, she has gotten married, divorced, and I think she's in a relationship. Wow. So she's that wow. writer. And she's um, written some of our favorite episodes. I have no idea if that has anything to do with this, but yeah. She, no, but it's an interesting side note to the story. Yeah, she um, she said she would get in these mindsets of these characters and just feel a complete new comforting feeling about herself that she wow. just didn't ever experience before. So, so it was just that repressed. I guess. I mean, I didn't read the full thing. And I'm talking huh. about it like I did, but I didn't read the well, whole we, thing. Well, we appreciate that. We appreciate the confidence. So, you know, I, I feel that when I watch Spider-Man. I feel a connection okay. there. <laughs> yes, you probably. Or do. Batman, even more. He's got really brooding. good toys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You are hardly brooding. Yeah. and you're not an orphan. I don't think your parents would appreciate. How do How do you know? A Batman. <laughs> so, should we talk? Uh, did we finish Piper? No, wait. I don't think so. I think we did. Yeah, well, basically. she went back. She goes she, back to the prison and tell. She, uh, she, she doesn't tell right. Red. That's for sure. No, she makes Red feel good. Yes. Um. And Piper's done. Okay, and end scene. Right? And she's out of the green machine. Uh, okay, let's talk about uh, Red and V. Yeah, now this is the flashback to the story. And Well, no, not at first, because at first she's buying spices from V. Oh, is that the flashback? What? Well, because V gives her crap about hanging out with the AARP crowd. No, no, that's not a flashback. That's the... The, the first thing we see, let's talk about the flashback. We see Red her first day there, right? Is that did we see her first day or was that when we saw V's first day? V's first day because she comes back to prison. Because Red is one of them in that room, just like when Piper first got there, and we see the the women in that room. Red is one of them, and V gets there, and you get the impression that V is really green, and in fact, it's Red that's really green. Oh, it's when they both first get to prison. Mm-hmm. They room together when they first get into prison. I don't he's think been it's there V's before. first time. Yeah. No, V's been there before. And right, but she acts very, like, she acts tough, but she doesn't act like she's what we know of V to be. Right. Oh, is she? Yeah, she's But guess what? As... She is. Well, and Red, this is when Red tells her that the produce guy from her store, Neptune, are also supplying the prison. And V says, you got to use that to your advantage. Well, she, yeah, but what else does Red say? Red says, breaking the rules is what got me in here. Red, Red was still a, a, a good guy at Well, that no, point. no, that's not what she was referring to. I mean, okay. she might have been referring to the rules, but she also made a reference to Neptune is the reason she got in, that was put in prison. Right, but, but what she's so saying So is... we haven't seen that story, though, have we? Do we know why Red is in prison, for sure? No, I mean, they kind of, like, refer to the whole, like... The boob. The yeah, boob, the boob job. punch. But we haven't seen... If that's the reason, it doesn't seem yeah. like that's the reason because when they do their flashback, that happens, and then Red is discussing with her husband, and then he's like, "I'll take care of this," and then they sneak. I got it. They sneak the stuff into her freezer, and that's probably Neptune's produce. Yes. Oh, that's, that's in her what freezer. It is. And they, they, and because she was so upset that her husband was letting them store all that in the that's freezer. Really but it was smart. because so when she, she did said, the tip punch. When she said it's Neptune, that's what she was yes. talking about. That makes a lot of sense. But then V is saying, okay, yeah, they did that to you. They're the reason you're in here. Use it to your advantage and right. get them to supply well, to you. Well, and we also see V where those, the, the black girls come in and they're very like gang ish and they try to intimidate her and she, it's not that she doesn't back down. She just is like, I don't, I'm not doing this. So you get the impression that she's like standing up to him. But I thought this was very telling because what, that, like very shortly after that, we see that she's controlling him by, by very quickly, just like she does with Tasty and Cindy and all the rest mm-hmm. of them. Well, and, and in so the So she's got some magic touch with this. In the flashback, Red shows. V, her first batch of contraband, and V gives her the nickname Red. Yes. At that point, which I thought was interesting. So that's how she came to be. I thought she was just always called that before prison, but that was apparently V. Um, let's see. What else? So, yeah, V and Red are really, they're, they're friends in the beginning. 
And they yeah, show they're frenemies. Well, no, but there's a point when they seem like they're friends, and Red smuggles in the lotions for her. And we, it's the scene where we see, like, they seem like they're bonded. Red is pleased with V for for suggesting that she smuggle stuff in. V seems warm to Red, although we know the truth. Uh, but it's that scene, and I wrote, oh, interesting, they're close friends in prison. No. But it's interesting because it was in this scene that we see those girls come in, and they are really, like, kowtowing to V. And Red looks a little confused. Well, they're in the kitchen... And V starts taking over Red's business. And, and Is that where she did? I thought she did that and later. Late, late in the end of the episode. And V and uh, uh, V tells her the first mistake is not having backup. And her girls, and her girls beat the crap yes! out, of, out of Red. Ridiculous. That was I crazy. Think, I think it just proves that Red, like, the thing that I'm gathering from this woman is that she just... You never know. Like, does she truly like anybody? Like, does she have anybody that she actually cares about and will do anything for? Because she betrays pretty much everybody if somebody steps one inch out of place. So, Red or or V? V. Oh, yeah, I agree. Did I say Yeah, no, I think V is all. No, 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 we just didn't specify. So, oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah. But you're right. V is all about V. Yes. But she knows how to push that button where they think it's all about them and that she cares for them. Yep. But no, I mean, I think the closest that you could make an argument for would be Tasty. And clearly, Tasty is not her first priority. No. I feel like V is V's per- first priority. So in the current story, Red is buying spices from V at commissary. And, and V gives her crap about hanging out with the AARP crowd. Right, and, that's where she does it, is in the present. And and that's, uh, in this scene, Red asks Nikki to bring the girls to the greenhouse because she wants to, um, she wants to take care of them. She wants to give them a meal. Right. Well, yeah, she's having her family meal. She's trying to make amends with uh, Squirrel and... Norma. Norma, and she, it's a weird collection, though, because, like, she has Boo there. Why does she have Boo there? Did she ever have, like, positive interactions with Boo that you guys noticed? I I mean, there's in the first episode she gives uh, Big Boo a yogurt. You remember when? Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. I just didn't know. Like this, this meal is like Nikki and Norma. Well, and yeah, Squirrel, but and, but they're white, and Boo is white. Boo is white. She's and, white, but and I, she was she's friends with Nikki. She and Nikki did the contest and all that. True. I think that she's on the it, on the outside of. Well, the she group. is now. Uh, but she was she is in the so group, but she's freaking obnoxious at this meal. And it's funny because I think Red is like really trying to do something, but at the same time, I don't know if you guys felt it, but I felt it just it rang of being manipulative. And she's not as good at the manipulation as V is. Right. Like V knows how yeah. to manipulate in a way that they don't know. I think these girls all kind of knew, but okay, Red will play along. Whereas Boo wasn't playing along at all. Well, well and, and Boo. Oh, go ahead. Out of out of everybody that I would be sarcastic and obnoxious to, Red is yeah. pretty far down on that list. Exactly. But we we skipped a couple of really important scenes. Okay. Um, we've got the scene where, um, first of all, where find it, um, where Red is in the kitchen and she's cleaning the glass, and Gloria catches her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and Gloria wants to get paid. She's saying, you know, you you you're gonna take care of me, and I'll let you do what you need to do. But Bennett comes in and writes Red up for being out of. Yeah, bounds. gives her a shot. Well, this is when he's all writing up shots on everybody. Red touches his face and says, "You're going to make a great father." Yeah. Oh. So just letting him know that we know the truth, and yes. no matter what you you know, you tread lightly here because. We're going to out you, which is the other reason why it's so ridiculous to me that he said it was Mendez was the father because everyone in the prison knows it's going to come back Once again, we've covered it. This is all sticky. But what happens is is that then Red's girls, her AARP women, go to the kitchen and they collect Red's stuff because she wants to put this dinner on. And Well, and don't they threaten the... Hispanic girls. Oh, yeah, they get the stuff. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you let these old ladies, you know, uh, 
get get the better of you. Now, do we know the names of these old ladies yet? I feel bad just calling them the old ladies and no, the I ARP ladies because I really like these characters. I think I think it's fun to have you know the generations and to see what it is for these women because they have a very different experience than the other ones. Yeah. So we're gonna have to we're gonna have to do our best to try to figure out who they are. But so we so then Nikki gets the girls to come to Red's meal. So now she's got the the ARP ladies got her all the stuff she needed, all the seasoning and everything she needed to create this meal. They're in the greenhouse and Boo sees the grate. Yes. So Boo now knows how things are coming in. Yes. Which is another reason why she's really sarcastic with Red because she now she now knows where the flow is coming from. She doesn't need red anymore. Right. Well, to her, she sees it as her bargaining chip because yes. what does she do later in the episode? She goes and tells V. Yeah. But and like, but poor Boo doesn't realize that she thinks she's just teasing with them a little bit more than teasing, but, but you know, just mm-hmm. kind of intruding on everybody's game. But she's really treading some dangerous waters here that she could probably just stay away from. Yeah, and I really agree. I don't think she has any clue how no. dangerous oh, V no. really is. She has is. no clue. V, the more we go, the more dangerous V feels to me. Like, this is not a character we want to have around. And she yeah. also she also doesn't understand that she's, there is, they are so racially divided. Yeah. There is no way Boo is in that group. Yeah, that right. V is just using her. She's never going to be a part of V's team. Right. Right. But Gloria, so we, we we see Gloria and she can't understand how three old ladies stole from them. Like she's questioning her her teammates there, saying, How the hell did you let these women get the drop on you? And one of the ladies brings back a box and says, Red sends her apologies. Right. Wow. So I thought that was kind of an interesting scene. But uh yeah, so we've got Boo then trying to work with V right. as the and go-between, and she tells her how the contraband is getting and in. And that's, like we said, that's not... I think Boo is just... I I, I want to find out more about Boo's backstory. I want to find out about her, because she seems to be in control of her situation. She seems to be one-up, but then you see this episode, and you're like, maybe she's not no, as savvy as to not. what's going on. She she's playing not. a game. She thinks she's in charge of her game, but... Yeah. Man, she's missing a big piece she of the puzzle. She does not have game. She does not have game. <laughs> All right, how about Healy and Doggett? He, after <laughs> Doggett, Doggett has some some issues with her anger, and Healy's got her in there. And and uh, I think this wait, is, is about the last part scene? we haven't talked I'm, about is Healy and Doggett. Wait, uh, I might be on the wrong episode. You're, you're not. You're not because this is the one where he's gone to the counselor and. It starts yeah. out, this is the beginning of the whole counselor thing. So he uh, he's talking to the counselor, and he, he does say one line that I, I loved. He goes, my whole life is uncomfortable. Yes, isn't uh, that sad? It, it is sad, but this is a guy who's so out of touch. Uh, maybe I've seen enough things to know things don't get better. He says that. And then what is the thing where he that he yells? Do you know what he yells when he gets so upset? No. Either of you? Mm-mm. No. It's my favorite line in the whole episode. Okay. I'm my looking. shoes feel tight. Oh. <laughs> yeah. This is, so here's a guy who's supposed to be a counselor. The only thing he's in touch with is, or the only way he can express himself is to say his shoes are tight. Uh, then he comes back, and this is where we see him with well, Doggett. He's going to try and be a counselor now hang on. to the inmates. But he's, he also has, I wrote something that has a little bit more feels to it. I got no feels he there. He says, he's in therapy, and he's talking to the woman, and he says, I used to like my job. I felt useful. And he says... Um, he's seen enough now to know that it doesn't matter. It's all a waste. And that is so sad to me that yeah. he got to the point where he I feels I just wanted like... to get to the tight shoes. And then he's just a rageaholic. And so everything, you know, yeah. So we well, then, kinda... And then that's what he says to Doggett, too. Well, with like, the, Doesn't yeah. he accuse her of being out of touch with her rage? Like, he's projecting on her. It's It's that typical thing, you know, where... He's damaged goods, yeah. and he's got these problems. So now he's gonna like save the world, but project them on everybody. And he's gonna help her with her anger issues, right? Good because luck. he's really mastered his, right? Um, so he wants to counsel her once a week, and they're just so funny. I love their chemistry. They just kind of amuse me together. I, I like the two of them. I so, think they're fun together, but um, I don't know. I just they're both a mess. Everybody's yeah. a mess. <laughs> 
Yes. Everybody's a mess. Doggett is surprisingly together. She seems to be in touch with what she is and who she is this season. No, I feel, I don't know. I feel the opposite. I feel like she came back and. Oh, she's she, lost. She's well, I think lost, she's like, lost, but. She doesn't know if, like, when she says, she even, like, calls herself out on it, but, like, her only response is, it's kind of clicky high school drama, but her only response to these girls who are not accepting her anymore is to be mean to them because mm-hmm. I guess she thinks, what else are they going to do? And her and Healy is the only really person she can discuss it with. And it's, I think the real Doggett is the one that we see with Healy. I, yeah. I agree with that. And, I agree with yeah. that. But they're both, everybody is in just such a mess that it's like trying to clean one mess up with another mess. It doesn't work. It's just going to get really messy. <laughs> So. It's like rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic. Yeah, right. it's like, what's the point? An exercise <laughs> in futility. Right, yeah. right, right. And, you know, and we see it in here with the scene with, with uh, Doggett and Leanne when they're talking with Soso. And and uh, after she calls them Lilo and Stitch, she <laughs> Le- Leanne told Doggett, no one likes you. And Doggett just hits her and then pushes her face into the wall. I mean... Okay, so maybe I'm wrong. Maybe she doesn't have it together this it's, season. It's she- really just... It, it's just sort of this um, raw. She's very raw. Right. Yeah, if she... If she do, I don't think she has... She kind of puts on this front. She doesn't have self-confidence. So the fact that... She hits her when she says nobody likes you here. It means that she, that's what she fears. She fears that no one's going to like her. And as much as it is prison, there is this kind of like high school drama to it because you got a bunch of girls who are seeing each other every day. The only dramatic part is besides the whole prison aspect is that they're sleeping here too. So they see each other all the time. So if they don't like you, who else do you have? Who do you identify yourself as? Especially when they're so they're so clicky. Yeah, it's very. And if she's not accepted into the white group, she's done. There's no other group that can take her. So I mean, she's really, she's really in. She and Boo could create their own little group. (laughs) Now that's a combo. Um. So the other the other thing we have going on in this episode is. Which it devastates me, so I don't even like to talk about this, it. This is actually the last thing. say and Tasty. I was going to say, this is the last thing, and it's a fairly small sliver of the episode, but it's so important. But I, I hate that they're not... V is smuggling in oh, drugs. That's yes. that's what we need to, to talk about well, here. Well, and Leanne Before is, that, asked it was cigarettes. Pusay for them. Leanne she doesn't have any. Pusay, Pusay is like, no way. Pusay is not going to be a drug dealer. She confronts Tasty about it. Tasty denies it. Well, and, and she warns her not to get in V's way. Right. It's like, and just it, don't get in her way. You know? And it's this episode where Tasty turns on Pusey. Yes. This is really gut-wrenching. I feel terrible, especially we saw Pusey's backstory. I think it was last episode, maybe. You know who she is. You 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 know, this is a character that you, you really like and you do have uh, feelings about. Well, I liked them together. And the two of them together, that worked. And it, it was like, you know what? If they got out of prison and they were supporting each other, they could make it. They could stop this cycle. But now Tasty is under V's control. She's working with drugs. It's Pusey's well, having nothing to do with it. And, P- and Tasty is really turning on Pusey. This is terrible. And Tasty gives Nikki drugs. And yeah. she says, your first ones are free. Yeah. And, terrible. And Pusey saw her. So it's like, not only has she felt betrayed as a friend, you know, but now it's like she sees her and she sees her for who she is. Like, yeah. this is really who you are. You're going to give Nikki, who you know has struggled. Yeah. Oh. You're going to get her back on to, well, I, to serve yourself. And I, to I think in our... V? I don't, I, I mean, like, I see where everybody is coming from, but I just didn't, I just don't like this entire V story. And it's the point of, I don't like it. So anything that has anything to do with it just doesn't feel real to me. So this whole Poussey and Tasty argument just did it just I it's not that I didn't care about it. I watched it. I was like I was feeling for them. But at the end of it, I was kind of like, all right, when is this going to be over? When are they going to be friends again? Because you can see the end of the tunnel. I think this this entire storyline would have been a really good season three storyline. Don't think we have enough character development in any of these characters, really. To have this kind of like heavy story with them. It's too heavy. I agree right. with you. I, I think you're right too. And if like and if, think... if we learned more about 
not even backstory. It's not like you need information for this story, but the information allows you to connect to the characters and develop a relationship with them, audience to character. And so if you have this connection with them, you're going to feel more into this V storyline, and V is going to really be invading your home. Right now, they're just invading these girls that we found really funny for 13 episodes a year ago. And that, yeah. that that's a whole other aspect. We haven't seen these girls in a year. We have to redevelop our connection to these girls. And so, I mean, I understand watching this and when... Uh, Pusey sees Tasty doing everything. It's kind of like, oh, go stop her. Like, get her back onto the good side. But then I'm watching yeah. it. She can, but I'm watching it. And then at the very end of it, I'm kind of like, okay, I really want to skip forward a little bit. Can I fast forward this whole thing? Is anything going to happen? So I know. agree. I agree. And you know what else is? It makes me feel like I thought I knew Tasty. I cared about Tasty, and I was invested in Tasty, and I really, really, really cared about her. And this makes me feel betrayed, and it makes me feel like I never knew her. Well, here's what I pose. she's just a typical deal. That might have been what they were going for, and if it worked on you, maybe they did do it. Um, Because it worked with a lot of people. A lot of people really liked this season. And so I think that might have been like you never knew Tasty because you never knew that backstory with V. So you don't know her 100%. So maybe that's the goal they were trying to it's achieve. sad and I don't like it. Well, here, here's what I'm wondering. <laughs> well, we sad is an emotion and it works. Yeah. <laughs> if we go seven hours back to the beginning of this podcast, right. <laughs> uh, we did. We were talking about showrunners and show Bibles and everything and, and progression of show. As we're talking this out, I'm really thinking that a stronger choice might have been, it could have had the same thing, bring V in in this season, but let's have the V storyline, what we've seen so far, play out over two seasons. Yeah, they're rushing so that, it for Yeah, sure. it seems like they're pushing the V story. They're, we're getting changes to characters too quickly. Maybe they needed another story to be the, the crux of the, of the season and let the V thing simmer so that by the time this start, starts unfolding, number one, it feels more organic. Number two, it even wrecks you further because these are, are yes. like monster yep. in the closet. They jump out at you and it hurts. Yeah. Like, the storyline would have been so much more successful if she, if it hurt more. And if it was and, and, slow, and if she torture. came in halfway through this season, you know, mm. episode five, episode six, she comes into the prison. We see what she's, you know, that she's doing, and we see a little of the manipulation, but we don't really realize here. It's like, you know, episode nine, she is a, a juggernaut. There is just without having seen, you know, the end of the season, I can't imagine that the V storyline is going to end with some kind of cliffhanger that we're going to go, oh my gosh, V's in control next season. It, she's either, no. something's got to happen. It's, she's I just don't care uh, if it ended with V on a cliffhanger. I just don't care. Right, right. Like, and I, I think agree. that I think they did it a disservice because it is a good character and it's a great, it's potentially a great story, but I think but it they needed rushed time. It. Yeah, they definitely rushed it. And, and it's not like it needed to be a regular TV show that's 24 episodes and we'd have it. No, that would have been crap too. No, two I like, seasons. I, I like this amount of seasons. time, but if you have a good solid story like this, let it let it simmer. But do you this show think... works best when you have fun and you let things like this simmer. I Dog don't even simmered know. All last season. I don't, I, yeah, I don't even, if they made us, like, enjoy V a little bit more, maybe. Thinking of having V, because what we have seen so far is the only basis I have of it. Thinking of V for two, two years just makes me really bored. Well, but see, I well, don't think it would have, I don't think it would have if they did it slowly and as a side, if it wasn't the right. focus of the episodes, but yeah, but we're seeing if she was it, just a character in the prison, but they're hitting us over the head it. with it. And it's going, we're going, wait a second. You're taking all of our characters and saying within a couple of days. Yeah. It feels like a couple of you're days. You're turning them all against each other. They're all on drugs other. and tasties turned on. Poussey it doesn't and... make, it doesn't really add up to me. You yeah, know, for me, it doesn't ring true. There's something, but I, I think that, I think that if they did her so that her character, so she was more, in the background and they made her a little bit more like like in the beginning they were trying to make her likable and make it seem like well look she's standing up for suzanne she's doing this if they had just done that a little bit in the background for for a half a season and then next season escalated it and then all of a sudden it's like oh my gosh look at that that whole time she was taking over the entire thing and we didn't notice right but but because they just kept hitting us over over the head with it, it feels um, it contrived. I can see that. 
So have we talked this one out, guys? We did, but we shouldn't end it on a bad note because we did really like this episode. Yeah, I mean, bottom line is, this was a great episode. It was. It was a really good episode. How we could talk about it I'm excited to see the next one. Yeah, we really talked this one out. Um, Did you guys have anything else or can we wrap it up? We can wrap it up. All right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. You can find past episodes of this at our website and all of our other podcasts at www.southgatemediagroup.com. You can follow us on Twitter at, uh, well, you can follow me at rsouthgate, Martha. At SMG Pods. And Meg. At M-E-G-G-H-11. And you're also on showratings.tv, the website. You do uh, reviews of the different shows. What what shows are you doing again? Um, Orange is New Black, uh, Downton Abbey, and Bates Motel. I have dropped the Fosters, but I'm okay. still I am still watching it, but I am not reviewing it. Okay. All right. Um, the uh, and and it's just a great site. So if you haven't been to showratings.tv, please go check out the reviews. Get in there and do some. Uh, reviewing and rating yourself it's really really fun it's just another way to enhance the the whole thing uh find us on facebook find us on tumblr find us basically anywhere just look up southgate media group and that'll lead you to orange is the new black and everything else that we do i think we're done for uh the orange is the new black podcast we should probably say our names one more time i'm rob southgate i'm martha southgate i'm megan hawks thanks again for listening everybody we will talk to you next episode If you would like to donate to help pay for this and other Southgate Media Group podcasts, simply go to our website, southgatemediagroup.com, and click on the Donate button. It can be as little as a dollar or, well, as much as you want. (laughs) Help keep this fun going by supporting this and our other shows. Thanks again for listening, everyone. You're the best fans in the world.